If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Play Sugar House. Welcome. To the New York City cast presented by Play Sugar House Sportsbook. Good show for you today. Ryan Rothstein from the Philadelphia City cast and I do a crossover podcast. We touch on a lot of things. Uh, the games from last night, really a couple of ugly games. I mean, it was fun to have Monday night football at five o'clock and then, you know, a doubleheader with the Vikings game. The Vikings bear game was just brutal to watch. Uh, the Bears Raider, the, uh, the Browns and the Raiders was a fun one. Came down to the wire, heartbreaking loss for the Browns. Undermanned to come all the way back and lose it at the end was really tough. Uh, where all they needed was a first down on third and three after, you know, coming back, taking the lead, getting the interception and having the ball. Where one first down ends it, they just couldn't do it. And then they lose on a field goal. Carlson is a tremendous kicker, man. Not a lot of guys in the league step up to the plate right there and, and kick up not only one, but two game-winning field goals. And that second one, man, right down the middle. Some of these where, you know, they make you nervous, they start out wide, or they look like they're heading wide, or they barely squeeze in. I mean, that was Tucker-esque, the way he just drilled that second one down the middle. Uh, but two more games tonight, two games yesterday. We got bowl games. We got NBA to discuss. Ryan and I touched on everything. We gave you some picks. So check out our conversation uh, coming up here. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, Will Hill, we're back, baby. Another crossover edition uh, December 21st in the morning as the time that we are recording. And man, we got a lot to a lot to catch up on, a lot to get into. COVID is rearing its ugly head in, in ways that we've 
quite literally have never even seen before dating back to the the early stages of the pandemic um you know but but first will i, I guess i should ask you how you doing I'm doing good, man. I mean, we got Tuesday night football, Monday night football, two games yesterday, two more today. We got bowl games. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, like you mentioned, look, I hate talking about COVID. I hate talking about yeah. vaccines. Anytime I, I turn something on, they're talking vaccines or COVID. I just changed the channel. But yeah. it's a betting show, and it's just hard to avoid at this moment. And, you know, by Sunday in the NFL, there's so much money bet in this league, you know, millions of dollars on these games. So by Sunday – Right before kickoff, that line is very tight. That market's very efficient. I try to get my bets in middle of the week. Usually by Thursday or Friday, I'm pretty much all my bets are in. It's hard to fire early, uh, you know, with the, all these circumstances. You know, you could bet on the, the Chiefs, and then Mahomes comes down with COVID, and you're sitting there with a, a really bad bet. You could look at it the other way, too, and say, you know what, 50-50, it goes my way, so I'm just going to fire and hope for the best. But, uh, you know, it's tough to handicap these games when we know who's playing. When we don't know who's playing, it certainly adds an extra element to it. I'm completely with you when I start to hear the COVID talk, the vaccine talk. You, you can't help but want to, you know, click off, click uh, last, whatever it is on, on the old clicker there. But, you know, we're not going to get into the science part of it or anything else, but from the betting standpoint, right? And, and I just want to get your insight on, because now what are we hearing, right, on all these these shows? What's what's the impact on us as betters and what should be the impact and is there opportunity like all the conversations that we're hearing lately will uh, is there anything that's overrated anything that sticks out to you where is there uh, legitimacy within these conversations just give us your insight on how the public betters should be adjusting their approach. Yeah just don't be late to the party I think you know if you're going to be on top of this, you can really make some money. You can be nimble. If you got the information early yesterday that Keenum and Baker were going to be out, not that you even thought that was a big drop-off from Baker to Mullins. I really didn't, but yeah. it just becomes a number grab. You know what? Vegas plus three is still up there. It ended up closing minus two and a half. It was three juiced up in some spots. So, you know, if you can be on top of this information, now it requires, you know, staring at your phone a lot. You, you uh, it's it's hard to be you know present when you're with your friends and your family if you're constantly on top of this. But if you want to win money, that's what it takes. Now look, if you're betting 50 bucks a game, you don't have to worry about it. You just have some fun. Uh, you know, if you catch the best number, you do. It's right. not that big a deal. But if you want to do this seriously, you know, you gotta uh, you know be on top of who's playing. We have a split second sometimes to react before the book adjusts, and you know that's just the best way to, to go about it. I would say uh, also when you start to see these teams have a COVID outbreak it's kind of hard to overreact. You know, usually a quarterback is missing a game, you know, due to an injury, and we say uh, they're lying over adjust, you know, you could bet on that team. With COVID, when you see two or three guys uh, out with COVID, it's probably a good idea to bet against them just because there's more guys coming. And it's hard to underestimate, you know, that aspect of it when you start to get cluster injuries, uh, cluster uh, absences, I should say. You know, the Browns missing all their linemen yesterday. That stuff is tough to overcome. And usually when you see a few cases, you see a few more uh, after that. So uh, that that's the one thing I think the books have a hard time pricing is, all right, these guys are out, but there's probably more to come after them. You, know, you, you mentioned that you, you probably most definitely have to live on your phone, your, your, your tablet, whatever it is, to try and get any type of edge. But, like, is that a little bit over – I don't know, for lack of a better way to put it, overhyped because let's give the, the odds makers and the books a little bit of credit. Like they're not that far out of the loop. Like they, they, this is their lights have been on for a long time, so to speak, for a reason here. Um, how 
how much is the average Joe potentially, or heck, even, you know, me or you, whoever it is, really have the opportunity to get, quote, ahead of them before they adjust it so significantly that me or you can say, ha, we beat them to the punch. Literally seconds, split seconds. I remember right. Durant Harden last week got announced out with COVID. Uh, that's why it's, it's important to follow Woj, follow Shams, have the Twitter alerts available. I mean, you got seconds. Sometimes you don't have seconds, they beat you to it, but sometimes you got maybe an eight, 10 second window where you can get your bet in and get the best of the number. Yeah, it's literally seconds when we're talking about that window of opportunity. So just something to keep in mind. Uh, we're not saying anyone out there thinks that you're smarter than the books or better than the books, but it's just when you hear a lot of these conversations now that are only going to continue throughout the week, uh, it's just important to keep those different, um, you know, different points of emphasis in the back of your mind here. So, all right, well, let's, uh, let's look back for a second. You mentioned games last night, Monday, two more games tonight. And of course, we're going to dive into the Eagles matchup against Washington, where you might be starting quarterback, but we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, let, let's look back at uh, the two games last night. We can start with the Raiders. Uh, Big win, surprising win, and uh, I know you had a nice day. So uh, give us the give us the recap from from what you saw. Yeah, tough one for the Browns. A really uh, interesting scenario too, where if they win the game, they're in first place, and they got a decent shot to get some of these guys back and win the division. They lose now; they're in last place, and they go to Green Bay on Saturday. Uh, that pretty much finishes them, and that's just a heartbreaking loss. They didn't have a lot of their guys. You're gonna look back and say, you know what? Well, we had plenty of opportunities all year to win games, and we lost. So maybe we don't deserve it. But man, if they were able to win that game. Uh, a decent shot to win the division, get a home playoff game. Big expectations in Cleveland. Now they're probably on the outside looking out. And man, that's a tough one because to come all the way back, undermanned, shorthanded, you know, down 10 nothing in the second half. They scrap, they claw, they take a one point lead, and then they pick off Carr, two minutes and change left. All you need is a first down, and you know what? You pull off this great win. Third and three, they just couldn't do it. They ran it a couple times. Uh, Chubb got a good second effort on that second down, and I think that forced them to run, not forced them to run the ball, but convinced them to run the ball where, you know, if that's third and six or seven, they probably throw it and try to ice the game. But at third and three, they say, you know what? Let's give it to our best player. Let's try to end it. Uh, the Raiders were all over the run. They were waiting for, I think, a play action there or some sort of pass. Probably gets you open and probably gets you your three yards and you win the game. I don't think taking the 19 seconds off the clock there, because that's all it was. It was two minutes, 19 seconds left. Raiders were out of timeouts. All it did was take it to the two-minute warning. So, uh, the clock wasn't that big of an issue there. It was a tough loss for Cleveland. Uh, good game. I mean, it was a fun game. It was a fun yeah. atmosphere. Uh, anytime, you know, we, just as human beings, we like new, we like different. So to get a Monday afternoon, 5 o'clock game, same thing tonight, Tuesday night, football at 7, it's the best. So uh, it was a lot of fun yesterday. Tough loss for the Browns. It's it's beautiful. I mean, horrible circumstance. We get it, but we can also acknowledge how awesome it is for us to have two games Monday night. Now we get right back into it, two games tonight. You know, and then you're looking ahead to the games, air quotes, next week, uh, kicking off in just a couple of a couple of days here, Thursday night, and then a full slate ahead. So it's going to be a fun week with all the bowl games, like you said, to start the show here. Uh, can't wait. How about your squad, Minnesota? Uh, 17 to nine, big win uh, over the Bears, and Minnesota gets the cover. They closed at Bet Rivers uh, right before kickoff. Will as a seven point favorite. Um, and, and now here comes Minnesota, so to speak, a little bit. A, a big win. Do they? Uh, Eagles, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Um, but they're, they're, they ha they're alive, to, for us to say that. I'm not saying that's the reality, but they're 7-7 seven and seven in this, quote, NFC race. It's more of a walk. 
uh, they're 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 involved. Uh, your your takeaways from that game? First of all, that's one of the great bad beat teaser uh, plays of all time last night to score on the last play, and of course the new rules. <laughs> Uh, they don't kick the extra point unless it's necessary to the game. So oh. just a wild, just a wild sequence there to get in the back door. You probably deserved it if you were the Bears because, I mean, that game was really just hard to watch. I mean, I'm somebody who has to watch the Jets and the Giants, and then to sit there and watch that last <laughs> night was hard to watch. Uh, you know, even though I, I was rooting for Minnesota, that was really tough with the personal fouls. I thought the Bears got a, a tough deal with that. Uh, refs, man, the refereeing in this league is just joke. an issue. It's so bad. I mean – we wager, some of us wager a lot of money on these games and sit there and see what they call and what they don't call. You know, it's just so arbitrary with these personal fouls and these tauntings. It's really tough to watch. But, uh, man, with, with all those guys out for Chicago, you thought Minnesota would be able to move the ball better. They just couldn't protect. Cousins did not play well. But, look, 7-7, seven and seven, um, you know, they still have a lot of talent. The defense played well last night. They got two out of three here that are pretty tough. Home versus the Rams at Green Bay and uh, then – home versus Chicago to end the year. So they're still in the mix. There's this cluster here of seven and seven teams, but uh, not a very convincing victory last night, even though they covered. So let's uh, let's start to look a little bit at the NFC playoff pitcher. Uh, and, and I have some other segments and, and things I want us to get to, but uh, you know, since we just talked about the Vikings and, and their win over the Bears on Monday night, you look at the updated odds at Bet Rivers here in PA, um, Plus 185, Vikings, yes, to make the playoffs. And then I'll throw another team at you. We'll do like a better bet scenario. I'll back you into a corner. Uh, the Saints, 7-7 seven and seven as well. They're plus 120, yes, to make the playoffs. Uh, what's the better bet right now? Vikings, yes, plus 185, or the Saints, yes, plus 120? Probably New Orleans. I just don't trust Minnesota enough. You're probably going to have to win two out of three against the Rams, the Packers, and then the Bears. I just don't know that you're going to do that. Um, the Saints really threw a monkey wrench into all this by winning the other night because they're probably going to get to nine now. They have home versus Miami. They have Carolina, and they have Atlanta. They're probably going to win two out of those three. That was a big win in Tampa last night straight, uh, on Sunday night, and that was a strange game, man. I mean, I think that was the only game all year where there, had, there wasn't a touchdown, and it wasn't just that there wasn't a touchdown. Nobody even came close to uh, scoring in that game. I don't know if anyone was even in the red zone. So I think New Orleans probably – now, look, you don't trust them. Hill is sometimes hard to watch at quarterback. He really yes. is not a pretty thrower of the ball. <laughs> but with Kamara, with the defense, uh, that's scheduled. They're probably going to get two out of three and get to nine. I don't know that Minnesota is going to do that. So I probably favor here the Saints. I, I see why uh, they have a shorter price. I, I probably lean towards the Saints. Look at both of those teams and the seasons <laughs> that they've had. It's, it's comical that we're talking about a uh, better bet for which one of these teams to make the playoffs. I got a weird one for you. You want to get a little weird? Absolutely. What do you got there for the Seattle Seahawks to make the playoffs? Stand by, my friend. I'll uh, I'll have my. It team should be over juicy here. because it's a tough road. But you look at it; it's not that. It's not impossible. If they win tonight, it's really not impossible that they get to what are they five and eight? It's not impossible that they went out. And not get... impossible. I I need a good number. Will not impossible does not make me want to empty the bank account. But hold on, Seattle to make the playoffs. Um. All right. Well, let's uh. Let's get a, a guess from you. I have it up. Yeah, I would think at least 20 to 1. 13 to 1. Okay. 13 to 1. Okay. I was hoping for a little better. 13 to 1. I mean, let's just go through the schedule here. They are 5 and 8. They play uh, the Rams tonight, which if they lose, they're out. But if they win tonight, and maybe just money line game by game, but if they win tonight, 
Uh, the rest of the schedule, home versus the Bears, home versus the Lions. Then at the Cardinals week 18, the Cardinals might not need the game. Cardinals might be locked into whatever seed they're going to be. So true. Uh, they could have three layups after tonight, get you to 9-8. and eight. Then it comes down to tiebreakers. Uh, they did lose to Minnesota. They did lose to a couple of these teams. So uh, I, I, think, I believe they lost to the Saints as well. So maybe they don't have a great tiebreaker scenario. Not impossible that they make a run. I was hoping for a little more than 13-1, to one, though. Hey, don't, uh, don't pencil in anything against those surging Detroit Lions, Will. Yeah, I mean, they got two wins. You know what? They should have had more than one going into last week. I actually picked them yeah. plus 13. They've been in a lot of these games. I mean, the Ravens needed a miracle to beat them. They almost beat the Vikings twice. They led the Packers at half. I mean, you can say what you want about Campbell. We all make fun of him and bite the kneecaps. They play their ass off. They play their I ass off. I like Campbell, what? man. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. He's become a punchline, and that was really embarrassing on Thanksgiving, calling two timeouts in a row. But, look, you could do worse at coach than him. I watched some of these coaches. You know what? At least they believe. At least you're kind of building something. They're actually screwing themselves out of the number one pick. But uh, it doesn't are. look like a great year to have the number one pick. You'd still rather have it than not. But, uh, yeah, they've done a good job. They've done a really good job. And, you know, it's hard to tank in and in, in, in the nfl i was going to yeah. say in professional football and it's like you know good for those guys man like the nfl is a grind they're they're working their asses off every day uh trying to get a win uh so good for them if they if they pull a couple wins out well, of their yeah, rear fans, here fans fans want to tank maybe the front office wants to tank if you're some defensive line and you don't care about a pick first of all no. i mean these the way these rosters turn over i'm not even going to be there in two or three years statistically and, you know, if you're a quarterback, especially, all right, we're going to tank. You're going to pick a quarterback and be my replacement. They, I mean, these guys don't care. The players on the field don't care about a draft pick and where they get. I and mean, they're just not thinking that way. And, and nor should they. And, look, you can't go out and, and play the NFL. You can't play half speed and say, you know what, I hope we lose. You, I mean, you'll literally get somebody killed or, or get yourself hurt. That's, That's right. It can't be how you play the game. No, absolutely not. Um, you mentioned the Seattle game, so let's let's just jump right into it. We can kind of bounce all around here. Why not? Um, Bet Rivers right now has this line at seven. The Rams, the seven-point favorite. Uh, big game for Seattle, as you've already mentioned. Well, I, I don't know if I'm comfortable laying the seven right now with LA. Like, listen, Seattle, they've looked better here. Uh, you have to factor in who they've played, but but nonetheless, they, this is this is the game, right? This is the game tonight where we're gonna, obvious statement, but nonetheless, it's just the reality where we're gonna say, okay, you know, Seattle has turned a corner a little bit, or they are who we thought they were. This is just an ugly year. They don't have enough against this Rams team that's just much better on paper. 61% uh, of the money is laying the seven, 81% of the bets, laying the seven um and both the sharp action and the public taking the over 46 how are you looking at this game are, are you with uh where, where the the bets and the the total uh the the money and the total bets are going or are you fading that and saying you know what i'll grab the seven with seattle yeah i think this is an over game i think that under is a little short i i could see these teams getting into the 50s and i kind of lean seattle here i don't trust the yeah. rams i i think people are betting them because you know, we're all prisoners of the moment and recency bias. And the last we saw the Rams, they played a, a great game in Arizona Monday night. Well, guess what? That game in, in Arizona doesn't look as good now after Detroit beat the hell out of the Cardinals. So uh, I still don't trust the Rams. Before last night, before last week, you know, it was they struggled against the Titans. They couldn't score. Uh, they had that horrible game Monday night against the 49ers. They, they got killed by the Packers. This team has really looked like a mess uh, for a large part of the second half of the season. Seattle is interesting because, uh, look, Wilson definitely rushed back too early. 
you know, that was a six to eight week injury. And look, we all know Wilson. He loves the detention. He loves the drama. He tried, he wanted yeah. to be the hero and come back. It was awful. He couldn't throw the ball. Now we're starting to get into that timeline, you know, the last couple of weeks where it should be healed and he's starting to play better. Good you know, point. these games in the NFC West are typically close. Uh, if nothing else with Wilson there and healthy. Now, I don't believe Lockett's playing, which is big, but I, I think this seven is too high. I think if nothing else, you could have a backdoor opportunity with Wilson, who looks to be a little healthier. So uh, I think the seven here is intriguing. You, know, you, you mentioned Lockett not playing, and this is something to keep in mind for the Rams. I haven't seen the latest update. So this is uh, as of an article I, I saw in a report that I saw as of Monday night, but 18 players for the Rams uh, on the reserve slash COVID list. So they're not, they're dealing with the COVID stuff as well here. The Rams could be quite literally limping into this game. Limping would be lucky. They're going to be without potentially a lot of key guys. Uh, so that's another factor that makes you feel a little bit uneasy if you're uh, leaning to to lay the seven. I'm certainly not. Yeah, and I think Beckham's back. I think uh, I saw Ramsey was cleared. Beckham was cleared. So even if you get some of these guys back, you got to think about it this way. What's their last week look like? I mean, they've probably, you know, they've had virtual meetings. They haven't been able to practice. This is a disruption. This is a distraction. Uh, you got to think about that aspect. If they haven't had a clean week of practice, a clean week of prep, where's their head at? Is that screw up? And, you know, is that another wrinkle where you have to look at it here where, you know, laying the seven might be, uh, might be too much? Yeah, a little too much for me. Um, but that, that's, that's going to be a good one. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about the Rams in general, Will. Um, I, I've been a little bit hesitant to jump on that Stafford bandwagon. You know, he had that stretch, what was it, weeks 9 to 12, where he threw at least uh, a pick six in, in three or four straight games. He's come down to earth a little bit, so to speak, and, and has turned it around from, from those type of performances. Um, I, I just don't know. I just don't know about them when we shift the conversation to – Super Bowl contenders. Uh, um, they're, they're on shaky ground for me. I don't know how you stand with them. Yeah, they're a fringe contender. I'd be pretty surprised if they're sitting here playing, uh, you know, the last game of the season. I, look, they're they're in the mix now for the division with Arizona stumbling. I guess they could steal the division, but they're not going to be the one seed. To me, they're, they're a fringe contender at best. And Stafford's just one of those guys. I'm with you. You don't trust them. When you bet against them, you don't feel great about it. When you bet on them, you don't feel great about it. He can just kind of go either way. He looked great. I mean, Monday night, that was about as good as you're going to see him. I mean, he really threw the ball well. They gave him time to throw. But he's one of these guys. I think he's like a little better than Cousins. But he's one of these guys. You got to protect him. You got to protect him. He's not going to yeah. do anything on his own. He's not going to do anything with his legs. You know what? Perfect day. No no, no pressure in his face. He can throw a nice ball. But any sort of you know turbulence in the pocket, he kind of crumbles. So uh, you just never feel good betting on him. You never are quite comfortable betting against him either. So uh, a quick thought here, thought or two, before we, we dive deep into this Eagles-Washington matchup. So don't worry, listeners, we're going to uh, spend a good amount of time on that matchup here in just a minute. But I, I want to bring a, a new segment for us here called, you know, sort of fade or follow, follow the leader. I don't know. This title is a work in progress. Maybe you can uh, come to a decision on that. But you look at games last week where 92% uh, of the betting handle uh, took the Cardinals' money line. Cardinals lose. Uh, you look at the Packers, minus nine, was one of the most wagered plays uh, total handle-wise week 15. You know, that didn't work out. The Bucks heavily backed as well. That certainly didn't work out. So what I'm getting at is if we can look at our crystal ball for the games coming up this week or even, you know, some of the games we've already mentioned for later tonight on uh, Tuesday night, do you see any spots 
where we're going to have a, an overwhelming publicly black backed team uh, that that could get the public burned. Uh, you know, it's early in the week, but a couple of games that stand out to me, Will, just to get this going. Tampa Bay, once again, laying 11 and a half right now, 75% of the bets still early, but uh, laying the 11 and a half, you have 76% of the public bets laying the nine with the Chargers against Houston. Um, so any game like that where it's going to be heavily backed one way, but you may go the other. Yeah, Tampa Carolina is interesting. What is the average better? You know, what, what do they think of Tampa? Do they say, oh, my God, Brady's washed up? Uh, that was a terrible performance. I'm not laying 11 with them. They cost me money last week. Or, they say, or do they say, you know what, Brady off of a loss, Brady off of a shutout, he's going to come out fired up and lay the points. Kind of think the latter. So, I, you know, I, I could see everyone backing Brady in a, in a you know, comeback scenario. You got to remember, too, though, Godwin is out for the season. Yeah. Evans questionable, Fournette questionable. Looks like they're going to get Antonio Brown back. You almost forget. Man, they got so many guys, you forget they have these people. I mean, they got, it's unbelievable. It's just an endless cast of characters between him and like Scotty. <laughs> really they have these receivers you almost forget about. They just got so many guys. Yeah. Um, look, I, I would always be careful, especially, you know, two weeks ago, we saw the favorites go 11 and 2 uh, against the spread. Almost no upset straight up. That's always a signal uh, to be careful the next week because, you know, the books yeah. get slaughtered one week. They're not getting slaughtered two weeks in a row. It just doesn't no. happen. So these favorites tend to get jacked up here. Yeah, you, you mentioned recency bias. I forget exactly what we were talking about a few minutes ago, but that applies to everyone except Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady is the only example where the public consensus will say, you know, coming off a, 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 a horrid performance like that, ah, well, it's Tom Brady, not going to happen again. If that's any other quarterback, any other team, that game impacts how we're looking at this next matchup against Carolina. But with Brady and the Bucks, I I'm with you. I think everyone just assumes, well, because of that, it's actually the opposite. It's a big bounce back spot. And I'm not saying they're wrong, um, but the recency bias doesn't necessarily apply to him. Yeah, and I think some people say, you know what, for whatever reason, the Saints just have his number, which is true. I mean, they've beaten him. Uh, they've beaten Brady and the Bucks all four of those regular season games since Brady joined Tampa. And they would have beaten the only time Tampa beat them, obviously, was that playoff game last year. And New Orleans really let that game get away. They dropped a couple interceptions. Uh, they're up seven, middle of the third quarter. Cook fumbles in Tampa territory. So, I mean, not that far away from New Orleans going five for five against Tampa. So maybe people give them a pass and say, you know what, it's a bad matchup. They had injuries, they'll bounce back. I tend to lean that way. I think Brady, look, he's as competitive as anyone. Uh, I actually have some Brady MVP tickets that I am very nervous about now. I think Rodgers, it's hard not to vote for Rodgers. Now, it's just he's been the better player. Now, he missed the game, the COVID stuff. But uh, yeah, are they going to give it to him? What's that? Sorry to just, you know, rudely cut you off. But no. you know, when you bring up Rodgers, my, my thought is, and it's stupid, but it's I think it's valid. You know, are the voters going to want to give him the award <laughs> after the PR, you know, sort of disaster that he didn't necessarily stir up? Um, but whatever, however you look at that, are they going to want to give it to him uh, again? No, they don't want to give it to him. He won it last year. All the COVID stuff, they don't want to give it to him, but there comes a point where you have to give it to him. True. And Brady does have the narrative in, in his favor where, you know what, he could lead the league in passing yards, passing touchdowns at 44. They're going to go like 13-4 and four and win the division. Uh, so this, you know, it's always a narrative-based award in terms of uh, it's a combination of narrative and statistics. But it comes a point here where you look at what Rodgers has done on the field and we look at Brady's done on the field. It's going to be hard. Man, I shouldn't even be saying this because I don't want to influence anyone's vote. Vote for Brady. What the hell? Vote for Brady. I have Brady <laughs> Drew Rogers. 
Who cares? Screw Rogers. Vote for Brady. While we're all, while we stumbled upon this, the Jonathan Taylor talk is real. Uh, eight to one at Bet Rivers. I'm Ooh. I'm not buying it. No. I'm not buying it. No, a running back on a wild card team is not going to win it. I, I think yeah. people like to get cute and kind of toe the line and say, well, he should be in the conversation. Like, what is that conversation? Just, you know what? Are we giving out participation trophies here? Come on. Right, I know. You know what? Just if you think he should win it, say you think he should win it. You're, you're wrong, but you just right. say that. But, you know, this in the conversation, they should really either change it to most outstanding player, then you could give it to Taylor, or just – say you know what it's a quarterback award it's just peterson was the last one to win it as a non-quarterback it's just going to go to a quarterback because the word valuables in there and i don't care how good taylor is he could run for nine thousand yards he's not more valuable than aaron Rodgers or some of these other quarterbacks he's just not i mean if you're the colts would you trade jonathan taylor for aaron Rodgers? you do it in a second yeah exactly the colts for for it to quote be in the conversation for me the colts have to have four more wins right now at least yeah, it's just a running back on a wild card team. And look, they can yeah. still catch Tennessee. You know, it's hard to believe they're, they're a game behind Tennessee, but they don't have the tiebreaker because they lost twice to them. It's hard to believe when you watch the Colts and you watch the Titans, the way those two teams are playing, that the Titans beat them twice. It just doesn't seem like it's possible. But uh, yeah, a running back on a wild card team is not going to be the guy to break through and win this award. It's just not going to happen. Uh, couldn't agree with you more. All right, so let's uh, let's get to it, man. Uh, Philadelphia City Cast here with the New York City Cast, of course, and we'll get to some New York stuff, but. Well, let's be real. This is game day. Game day, baby, uh, in the city of brotherly love, the Tuesday night showdown. And uh, I hope your arm's loose because you may be starting for the Washington football team. This is crazy. For anyone that doesn't know what's exactly going on, um, Heineke and Allen have to wait until 4 p.m. Eastern time before they know if they're going to be able to, to play or not in this matchup. Um they have, who did they sign? Uh, Garrett Gilbert, and he's been taking all the reps, I, I believe, as the first-team quarterback for Washington. But he's not going to start if they get the yes for one of these other two guys. But they're not going to know just until a couple hours uh, before kickoff here, Will. That's going to be a crazy situation. Right now at Bet Rivers, the Eagles, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Moneyline minus 275, plus 235 for Washington. The total at 42-and-a-half. Your thoughts? Yeah, is there a, a Washington alum they can bring in? Maybe Mark Brunel, maybe Todd Collins. Uh, it's just, it's really going to be tough. That's the whole game. It, you know, it's so weird to me, these guys that are on a practice squad, like Garrett Gilbert, this time last week, he's on the Patriots squad and the team just picks him up. And you know what? Now you're on our team and you're starting. It's just such a strange situation. You know, you wonder how familiar he can be with the offense, the verbiage. So um, you really have to wait and see who's playing quarterback. You almost have to handicap who you think he's going to play. You know what? If you... If you told me right now that Heineke or even Allen, which to me is not a huge drop-off, Heineke or Allen, they're about the same player. Heineke's probably a little better. Yeah. I would take the points here just because it's a division game. That's a lot to lay with Philly. But look, it's just it's a really uh, tough game to handicap when you don't know who's going to play. Washington's played a lot better on defense, believe it or not, without Chase Young. They've been in a lot of these games after a bad start to the season. Uh, I'm going to wait and see. I'm not opposed to an under. We saw last night. You know, sometimes in these weird time slots, these weird games, these games can be a little disjointed. So uh, I would lean under here and just wait to see who's going to play. And I'm excited for it, though. Tuesday night, I wish these games sure. were on separately. I don't like that they're on at the same time. Let's start one at five and start one at eight so we can watch them both. Uh, but, you know, it's funny. I, I think of Tuesday night football, I actually think of the Eagles because it was like a decade ago. You might be too young, but. No, I remember. Vikings I know exactly the Eagles. where you're going. Joe yeah. Webb. Yeah, I think yeah. the Vikings were like 14-point underdogs. Yeah. Uh, their stadium collapsed, and they played on a mm -hmm. random Tuesday night, and it, it was a bad year. It was the year 
uh, after they almost made the Super Bowl and Favre got hurt and they were just Favre, at the man. end of a terrible year. But Joe Webb beat him on a Tuesday night. Joe Webb just ran all over the link uh, and and got the Vikings that win. I remember that game well. Um, and hopefully the Eagles have some better luck for Eagles backers and, and Eagles fans. Like, if, if you're forcing me to make a pick, and this is a stupid game that we play, but here we go, I'm playing it. If you're forcing me to make a pick right now, I'm taking Washington with the points. Now, I, I don't know... You know, what What if, and this is not possible, but what if right now, the next hour, it's, okay, Heineke's starting. Does this line move? Like, Yeah, absolutely. I think, that, I, think, I think it moves either way. Here's what I think they're doing. I think they're playing it in between. I think if Heineke or Allen in, it goes to the original line, which is like four and a half, five. If they're both out, they go to like nine. So they're just playing it in the middle. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, you know what, we don't know. So we're just going to, you know, hedge our bet kind of in. And play it in the middle, and you guys can figure it out. So I, I think, yeah, I think this line will move either way. I think it's seven. It's too many points if it's Heineke or Allen. Uh, if it's Garrett Gilbert, I think seven's not enough, and you'll see this go to probably eight and a half, maybe nine. So I think they're hedging it and just playing it halfway. Yeah, so here's that that game that you have to play as a better that we talked about to open the show. Like for me, I, I don't know how much value you, you want to put on Washington right now with the points. Uh, but if you roll the dice and you say, all right, let, let, let's hope Heineke uh, gets the start. If you want to back Washington uh, in, in a way that, that you feel that they can cover, then you're in a good spot right now. Like I, I look at it this way. This is a divisional game. It's a Tuesday night. It's weird and honky for both sides of the fence. Uh, and and the Eagles' path to a victory is going to be on the ground in, in an ugly in an ugly sort of win. Uh, and Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts is not a hundred percent, right? Like that that's a story that's gotten a little bit glossed over due to obvious reasons. But you know, if he's going to go, it seems like all the signs point to he is. He's not a hundred percent. Miles Sanders wasn't a hundred percent. Jordan Howard wasn't a hundred percent. They're missing a couple linemen. We'll see if anything changes between now and kickoff. So, like my point is. You know, the Eagles aren't the greatest show on turf going into this matchup against the depleted Washington team uh, full on the on the COVID list. So I think there is value and we overuse that that phrase, but I think there is value in, in taking Washington with the points right now, Will. Yeah, what's the the thought process there in Philly? Do they think they got a raw, raw deal having to play on Tuesday? They got to play, what, three games now in 12 days? They're yeah. fighting for a playoff spot. The winner is in the in the fracas here with the, is that the right word the, the fracas the the muck i have, I don't no, know what the cl- right I have word. no clue what you just said the yeah fracas? i don't think i don't think i do either i'm gonna look that up <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're I gonna have to get that. a fact check there Can there's but there's gonna be a bunch of these teams at seven and seven here and the winner of this is in that mix the loser of this game is pretty much out and you know what even if you're philly you got two games you got three games here in the next 12 days it, uh are eagles fans are you guys upset that you're in this scenario did you want to play the game on sunday Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Eagles fans are furious. And there was a report out from uh, Mike Garofalo that uh, he was talking to you know, staff members within the Eagles organization on Sunday early who were furious. Uh, and he said there was phrases and words that he cannot repeat uh, for terrestrial radio that, uh, you know, are rated R, I guess. So the organization was, was Fruckus under- one of them. I think for, yeah, I think that was a word that was used. Yes. That was in the report. Um, <laughs> So I, I don't know what that means, man. Like, I, I'm not smart enough to gauge how fair or unfair all of this is. It, it seems a little bit unfair, but I also get why they rescheduled it to today, right? Like, I, I don't know what the other option is if you're wearing your NFL front office hat here. Yeah, because we're going to be sitting there. I mean, we were sitting there Sunday, which some of these guys actually got cleared for Sunday, but 
I mean, you get in a situation like last year where Hinton played quarterback for Denver against the Saints, and it just it becomes a situation where the game's a sham. You're missing 20, 30 guys. You're missing three quarterbacks. It's like, all right, we're playing a game just to say we played a game, but, like, it's not really a representative result. And, you know, it's one thing if it's a throwaway game, but – like yesterday with the Browns, that's their season on the line, and they're playing without you know a ton of key guys. So yeah, there's a balance between all right, we want to keep these games, uh, keep the integrity of these games, but we mm-hmm. look, the show must go on. There's only a few weeks left. There's no buys. We can't really move things around. It's just uh, I think these leagues kind of got caught with their pants down and really unprepared for this stuff. If you're the NFL for whatever this is worth, probably not worth anything, but. You're, you're sort of hoping that like Heineke is cleared, right? Because yeah. then that validates your decision a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely, too. And I just know from talking to people who talk to people in the league that they're frustrated because a lot of these guys that are positive are totally asymptomatic. So it's like, all right, I can't play, but I don't feel any symptoms. I'm not sick, but now I can't play. It's just a tough situation here. Hopefully this is not a sign of things to come for the playoffs where we're dealing with this, you know, we find out. What if we find out? You know, it's the Super Bowl and it's Brady versus Belichick, and we find out the night before that Brady has COVID, and you know, it's uh, it, who's their backup? I'm trying to think of his name. It's um, Blaine uh, Gabbert, I think, is the backup. You know, it's yeah. Blaine Gabbert versus Mac Jones in the Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> I just don't know. No, uh, you know, we kind of dodged it last year in the playoffs. I don't remember too many serious things. Just the top of my head, it just kind of like disappeared. The... Yeah, and it's amazing. You watch these bowl games in college football now. College basketball, they've had a million cancellations. NBA, they've had a million issues. I mean, the Lakers, Nets on Christmas is going to be a joke. College football, there's just no COVID. So, I mean, I don't know what they're doing with the tests. I don't know what's going on there. But there's been no issues in college football, which is strange. You know, we both stated to start the show, we don't want to get too much down this rabbit hole. But I do want to bring up a point. Like, at what point do you just stop testing? Like, stop testing the vaccinated players. But, you know, I don't want to get too far down that conversation. But asymptomatic. They're vaccinated. You know, I, I, I don't I, I don't know. That, that's above my. No, I thought but. about bringing that up, too. It's like, you know, I, I try to stay away from that, but it's, yeah. it's hard to avoid it, especially in the NBA. Some of these guys have 7 percent body fat and they're vaccinated. It's like if you want to have a fine, league, it's just going to be hard. These guys are testing positive every day. I mean, these, these games are becoming I mean, talk about a sham. It's the NBA. You can live with it. There's a million regular season games. But look, the NBA, they really build their slate around Christmas Day. That's a big day for them. That's kind of their showcase day. And Huge. you're going to have Nets Lakers where Davis is hurt. Uh, you know, Durant and Harden are, are out with COVID protocols. It just, you know, who's going to watch that? I mean, I guess we'll watch it because if we have money on it or, or whatever, but uh, yeah. it's just a tough look, tough look for the league. And I think, you know, Giannis, Trey Young, there's a lot of marquee guys out on Christmas. It's just, it's a tough situation right now. 71% of the money is laying the six and a half with Philly. 48% of uh, the, the total wagers also laying uh, the six and a half. So, you know, a little less than 50 there, obviously, uh, if my math's correct. The total at 42 and a half, 63% of the bets taking the over, 62% of the money taking the under, uh, both the public and the total wagers heavy on Philly money line. So, just to, you know, put a bow on our thoughts on on uh, the spread and the total as it stands at the time of recording, Will, um, I, I'm I'm going Washington with the lean right now. Uh, and I'm certainly going under. I'll, I'll put my money with the sharp action, and, and I just think this is going to be a very ugly, low-scoring game, regardless of who we see a quarterback. So those are my picks. Uh, what are yours? Yeah, I would lean Washington. I think the under's a good bet. We probably both missed the obvious pick here, and that's Philly in a teaser. I mean, is Philly really going to lose this game? That would be a tough True. loss for Philly. I mean, that that uh, I mean, this would end their season. They're home. You tease that with Seattle, Will? 
Yeah, where you could tease it with the Rams. I mean, yeah. I, I don't tr- totally trust you as much as I like him plus the seven. Now, look, yeah, you're right. You got to, when you're teasing here, you got to find a dance partner. Yeah. Um, and you could f- look for something later in the week here to find something. I'll, I'll find something. Maybe the Chargers, yeah. if that's nine, you can get that through seven and through three. Uh, so I, I would go Eagles and Chargers on a teaser as long as you get that from nine down to two or, uh, or nine down to three here with the Chargers. All right, so I like to run through some player props, but once again, for obvious reasons, a little bit difficult to do so. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, for, for what it's worth, though, I'll, I'll throw a couple out there for the listeners we can discuss for a minute or two uh, before we move on and wrap things up here. But uh, Jalen Hurts to score a touchdown anytime, plus 155. Uh, I like that right now. You, you feel good about him playing. You feel good about their ground game. I, I can certainly see him finding his way into the end zone here in a, in a big game at home. Uh, I also liked Dallas Goddard. Where is he at? He was at plus 160 anytime touchdown. A couple other notables, Devontae Smith plus 165, Miles Sanders plus 195, uh, and Jordan Howard plus 265. Those odds, are, of course, are all for an anytime touchdown in this Eagles-Washington game. Do you have any thoughts on those? Hurts would scare me just because the ankle and just because I don't know how many touchdowns there's going to be in this game. You know, Sometimes they put True. up these props over under for the, the shortest touchdown. And just a little secret here, a good way to get at that is if there's going to be a lot of touchdowns in the game. You go under one and a half. Usually they put it at one and a half uh, shortest touchdown. If there's a lot of touchdowns, you, see, you go under because you figure law of averages, there's going to be six or seven touchdowns. One of them is going to be a one yarder. This mm-hmm. is the opposite. I think a low scoring game. So if you can find over uh, one and a half for the shortest touchdown, that might be a way to go. Also, I would look at McLaurin. looks like he's good to go. I mean, he has so much of the offense for Washington. So uh, you figure even if it, it's one of the backups, just get get McLaurin the ball, whether it's screens, some sort of reverse. I think McLaurin props are probably a good look here for Washington. Good call. I like it, man. Um, all right, so we just ran through a lot of stuff. Uh, do, is there anything else that we should we should bring up? I, I did want your thoughts on on a Joel Embiid topic, but uh, before we maybe wrap up with that, any other NFL things that are worth us discussing? I think we covered it. I think yeah. we covered it. What are the Eagles' odds to make the playoffs? Yeah, um, yeah, buried the lead. Was that the lead? Probably not. I think the 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 uh, focus word is the lead. But uh, Eagles to make the playoffs. Uh, I believe they were plus one eighty. But let me let me just confirm that real quick. Um, I'm pretty sure they were at plus one eighty. Washington was plus four ninety. Um, yep, plus one eighty. Eagles to make the playoffs. Yes. Frockus, I just looked it up. Noisy disturbance <laughs> or quarrel. So I I didn't okay. make the word up. I don't know if it fits. It, it's a mess in the NFC wildcard. There's a bunch of teams, and it's a mess. It's a fun mess, though. You get all these scenarios, these tiebreakers. Uh, any of these teams can kind of play their way in. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. The AFC is a lot of fun, too. It's starting to clear up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, Eagles plus 180, that's worth a shot. I just It worries me here. That, I mean, the schedule's pretty easy, but three games in 12 days, that's a tough spot, man. That is that is really tough. Now, you get the Giants next week, and, man, these teams, there is no better Christmas present than you look at your schedule and you see the Jets or the Giants under your tree. It's just the best gift of all time because it is like the free spot on the bingo card this time of year. Those teams are just so bad and, and so bad on offense that uh, that's huge right now to have that kind of team on your schedule. So if you can win this week, if you're Philly, you go to 8-7. and seven. Uh, I think that plus 180 is enticing. I don't know if this is just my uh, historic um, like Philly fan in me coming out, but that Giants game is scaring me, Will. 
Like, you know, if you're the Giants, I know they stink. They're a joke. I get it. Um, it's a 10.5-point line early, early, by the way. They're not uh, bad Eagle. on defense. Yeah, they're not bad on defense. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Giants, don't you want to do nothing more than, than beat the Eagles right here in this spot? Yeah, and Hurts struggled against that defense. I'm telling you, it's tough for the Giants, too, because they're like a really good pass rusher away from being like a borderline elite unit. And they had a, tra- a chance to draft Micah Parsons last year, and they traded the pick away. Now, look, they got the Bears' first-round pick. They got It's going to be a top-five pick. It's, it's a good pick to have. But, man, Micah Parsons, do you like to have him for the next 10 years? I mean, that guy is a great player. And that guy's he, – look, he's a New York Giant. He Just picture him in the uniform like, you know, Lawrence Taylor, like some of these other pass rushers, whether it's Justin mm-hmm. Tucker, Strahan. That's a guy you'd really like to have. But the Giants, you know, they play toe-to-toe with the Cowboys. You look at the Cowboys game, and it wasn't close on the scoreboard. But in terms of the stats, they were even in terms of yards, even in terms of yards per play. They are just so inept on offense that – you know what? If you get a little spark with Fromm, who I assume is going to play, I swear I do not need to see another Mike Lennon snap for the rest of my life. Please no. Enough of Mike Lennon. Just play somebody else. But you know what? If Fromm can get you to 17 points, maybe you know the Giants can yeah. turn over Hurts, can stop the run, and and make that an ugly game. I, I agree with you. That 10.5 is way too high. That's definitely inflated. That won't no, close 10.5. Yeah. Uh, bet that right now. That will not close 10.5. Yeah, I agree. Uh, something we talked about off the air, and I'm glad we worked that in. That's something that you absolutely should bet right now, grabbing the 10 and a half. All right, so to wrap up the episode here, it's been a lot of fun. Will Hill, host of the New York City cast. Obviously, myself, Ryan Rothstein, host of the Philadelphia City cast. Uh, both of the shows available on all of your podcast platforms. We appreciate you all uh, for listening and hanging out with us. Joel Embiid last night, Will. <laughs> 41 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 blocks, 2 steals, 52% shooting percentage from the floor. Watching that game as much as I could, flipping back and forth, like he he impacts these games, and it's just when he can due to his health and a variety of other reasons. Um, he impacts games like it's, it's him and Kevin Durant right now impacting games at the level that they are. It's just with Joel Embiid, as it always has and always will be, how much – can he do it? How much can he be on the floor throughout the regular season? But, you know, he's 50-1 to 1, uh, MVP right now at Bet Rivers. Do I think he's going to win the award? No, I do not. Um, but it's hard to not be intrigued at 50-1, to 1, maybe try and flip it if his odds get cut in half. You know, who knows? But just your thoughts. I think it's Curry's award. I think barring an injury, we're almost reaching the point where it's Otani, where, you know what, as long as he stays healthy, and even if he were to miss only the last few weeks, they're still going to give it to him. He's just, it just seems like the narrative is in his favor. The team's record's really good. And I think Durant's right behind him. But look, we saw this last year in the NBA. You know, there was a new flavor of the week every couple of weeks where it was, all right, Embiid's the favorite. All right, this guy's the Mm -hmm. favorite. Then eventually, you know, Jokic was the only one basically to not get hurt, and he had a great year. It's, It's nothing against him, but all these other guys got hurt, so... Look, Curry's had a history of ankle injuries. Durant's had plenty of injuries. So, you know what? I, I can't argue with you at 50-1 to 1 to just, uh, you know, throw a, pizza bet, throw a pizza bet in. Yeah, a little sprinkle. Yeah. And you know what? I, I don't think that's crazy. I don't think it's a, it's a bad bet. Like you said, I don't think he's necessarily going to win. But at 50-1, to 1, maybe it's worth a shot. Will is here to support all my bad decisions. Thank you, man. Uh, I still don't I, forgive the Sixers. I, I think I told you I had a 14-1 to 1 to win the East last year from before the season. I just needed them to get the conference finals, beat the lousy Hawks at home game seven, not blow a million 30-point leads, and I could have hedged and bet Milwaukee. And Embiid was nowhere to be found. So uh, he won't get my vote. I mean, I'm supporting I'm supporting him because you're supporting him, but uh, I am still <laughs> very bad. bitter against the Sixers. I am still very bitter. And that damn three-point foul, we're, we're down one with like uh, two minutes left. We rally back. Well, I Diable fouls for Herter. It was just... 
uh, I'm still so bitter about it. It's going to take a long time for me to get over that one. Yeah, jo join the uh, join the crowd, my friend. <laughs> You're not alone over here in Philadelphia. We we have uh, a big support group that can help get you through that. Uh, so. If you remember the end of that game seven, there was like five seconds left. People started throwing stuff on the floor. And the yeah. PA announcer comes out and goes, anyone who throws things on the floor will be ejected. It's like, dude, there's five seconds left in the game. You eject whoever you want. These people are pissed yeah. off. You have season ticket holders. Like, I have friends that, you know, the, the amount of money you lose by not going to the Eastern Conference Finals, like Oof. season ticket holders, like to sell those tickets, it, it's, yeah, fine. You can eject me here in the final five seconds. I just, you know. It's, I thought they it's matched sickening. up okay with Milwaukee too. I don't think Milwaukee would have just ran over him. I thought no. I think Philly would have given him a lot of trouble on defense. Milwaukee was still Definitely. kind of figuring things out offensively. They really didn't have a great series, even though they beat the Nets. They were kind of clunky on offense. Philly would have had a home court. I actually think that was really Philly's chance to win a title. Not to not to put salt in the wound there, but yeah, that was thanks, Philly's man. chance to win a title because all these teams it were was. hurt. The Suns were unbeatable. You know, Philly really could have won it and just. Look, Simmons, we haven't seen him since. He's been in witness protection. That was just uh, a total meltdown culminating with him refusing to dunk the ball, which is still one of the stranger things you'll ever see. Listen, you, you bring up a point, and then we'll wrap up. But, like, people say, well, you got to trade uh, Ben before the deadline. What's Daryl Morey doing? You're wasting the prime. The window's now. I, I, I always say, no, the window has closed. Like, yeah. listen, maybe it's not literally closed, but the – but the stories last year, everything that you just brought up, the stories yeah. even against Toronto, the quadruple doink, like that's the window that has closed, all right? So let's pump the brakes on on starting to shout at Daryl Morey now, all right? We're all bitter and angry and frustrated here in Philly. I hear you guys, but it, it's not that's not the story. It's last year. You, you blew it. And you blew it going three, four years back because, you know, Hinky's kind of a lightning rod, a controversial figure, but say whatever you want about him. When he left and Colangelo took over, then eventually I think Elton Brand took over. Yeah. Look at all the assets they had. They had Embiid and Simmons in just every pick, every pick swap. Uh, nothing. The guys they passed on, they passed on Bridges. Uh, you know, they passed on Tatum. I mean, this team could have Simmons, Tatum, Embiid. I mean, they just they had they were so asset rich, and they just you know they did the the uh, the trade for um I'm blank Tobias Harris. They just went all in on yeah. these guys. Butler was a, a, a good decision. In terms of look, you're I getting a good Butler. player, but you just got nothing back for him. They just wasted yep. so many of these assets, and you know you gave you give the keys to somebody who knows what they're doing to this team four years ago. Uh, they probably win a championship at some point. Yep, it's it's sickening. All they have left with with all of Sam Hinkie's work, all they have to show for it right now is uh, a player in witness protection, as you mentioned, and Ben Simmons yeah. and and Joel Embiid, which we'll all take, but. Uh, it's a mess. They, yeah, they he wasn't great at drafting, but, man, he was good at winning these trades, and he got a lot for a little. I mean, Michael Carter-Williams, people killed him for that. Oh, how could you trade Michael Carter-Williams? He's the rookie of the year. They got a really valuable pick, and just, look, the Zaire Smith trade. And, yeah. man, there was there have been some bad moves since. It's just – it's really a shame because they had so many assets. Yeah, Michael Carter-Williams is, like, driving Uber right now. So that, I, that trade worked out. I think he's going to be doing one of these city casts with us. I, he's not in the league yeah. anymore, is he? No, yeah, he's going to be hosting the uh, the Charlotte CityCast, I think. That's going to be sure. good. That'll be good. Check yeah. that out, vcin.com slash podcasts. Yeah, wherever you get your pods. Uh, that'll be good stuff, MCW, uh, coming soon. So, all right, there it is. Well, uh, good stuff, man. We, we ran through basically everything you can run through here on uh, this Tuesday morning. We have a couple NFL games tonight. Uh, so best of luck on your bets, people. Will, I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Ryan. The best thing about this podcast, by the time you listen to it, it'll be completely irrelevant because we're going to have all this COVID news, so none of this is going to matter. So disregard everything we just said.
I'm glad you squeezed that in uh, at the 48-minute mark, not the first. All right, guys. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Ryan Rothstein. We'll hopefully do that again soon. That was a lot of fun. This has been the New York City Cast presented by Clay Sugarhouse Sportsbook. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. We're recording this on Tuesday. So we're going to do, I think, this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then Friday's Christmas Eve. So uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday will be the schedule this week. Uh, we got games all day. NFL seemingly every day of the week. We got bowl games. So uh, a lot to discuss. We'll try to stay on top of it for you with these podcasts. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Play Sugar House Sportsbook has taken its game to the next level. Not only has it added robust same-game parlays for football, it's playable in a new state, Connecticut. Whether you want to place your bets in New Jersey or Connecticut, you can count on Play Sugar House Sportsbook to deliver a one-of-a-kind experience from your first bet to your fast payout approval. Download the Play Sugar House app or go to PlaySugarHouse.com today. Must be 21. Playable in New Jersey or Connecticut. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey or 888-789-7777 in Connecticut. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.